give a quick intro about yourself and we'll maybe get the ball rolling here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's very exciting to be here. So, yeah, my name is Neptune, and uh, I'm the chief architect of the Idols NFT, which is it's a new NFT slash DeFi project, and our launch date is in a little under three weeks from now, so on March 5th. But um, very happy to be here. Um, just a little bit about my own background. I studied computer science in undergrad, and spent a couple of years working in TradFi. And then uh, most recently actually managed a small DeFi fund prior to starting the idols. But you know, nice. we've been working on, yeah, we've been working on this project uh, full time for about five months now. Um, but yeah, I would love to tell you guys more about it. Yeah, awesome. Um, great, why don't we jump into that? Um, so yeah, why don't you jump into, uh, what idols, uh, NFT is and we'll, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're doing a bunch of new things in the space, um, specifically within the intersection of NFTs and DeFi. I think for you guys, um, you know, a lot of you kind of more DeFi minded people are going to be interested in the virtuous cycle, which is the core, say, flywheel mechanic of our project. But um, before I get into that, I'd love to tell you guys just a little bit about our identity as a project. So even though we have a lot of DeFi components within the project, we still think of ourselves as first and foremost an NFT project. And really, the community that we are trying to build is one around Ethereum itself. So, um, you know, me and others on the team, we're strong believers in decentralization and just the permissionless and uncensorable nature of the Ethereum blockchain itself. And we really wanted to create an NFT project that embodies those ideals as well. <clears throat> And, um, you know, so part of why we wanted to do this project, um, me and others on the team, we're huge fans of NFTs, huge fans of DeFi as well. And, um, but specifically within the NFT ecosystem, you know, we saw a lot of, we saw some things that we thought could be improved upon. So, and, uh, and by the way, I'm referring specifically to PFPs or profile picture projects. Um, if you think of your standard profile picture project, the teams typically monetize these projects in two ways. So they have a mint event where funds from the mint event go directly into the founder's pockets. And then additionally, there's usually some sort of secondary sales commission that is, um, you know, charged, charged by the project. And those also accrue to the founding team. Um, obviously, lots of projects have done well with this model. Lots of blue chip projects um, still follow this type of structure. But at the same time, we were seeing and like, you know, personally have been involved in lots of NFT projects where things didn't go so well. And um, if you think about it at the core of it with these PFP projects, there is a difference. You know, we see we see a difference in alignment because the like the community mainly holds the NFTs themselves while the founder's exposure is the direct ETH commissions and sales that um, are generated by the project. 
So really, we wanted to ask ourselves, is there a way to create a project where all of these parties were truly aligned, where everybody had the same type of exposure? Um, and that's how we came to the Idols NFT. Um, so yeah, and like, um, you know, some of the few things that we're doing differently. Um, and by the way, uh, the project is also partnered with Lido. Um, hopefully you guys are familiar with Lido staking and what STE is, uh, cause it's very important yes. in terms of our project. Okay. Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Cool. Yeah. I think we're all pretty um, familiar with it. That's good. That's good. Um, so, you know, we've been working in collaboration with the Lido team in terms of building the project over the past few months. And one of the unique things that we're doing is 100% of the funds that we raise in our Mint event are actually going to be staked with Lido and then locked away in an immutable treasury. So I want to mention that the treasury in the idols, um, it is not a multi-sig wallet, as you will see in many DeFi projects. It is a truly fully smart contract controlled immutable treasury. Uh, nobody, including the founding team, has any ability to withdraw funds from the treasury. And the only thing the treasury will do is continuously pay Lido staking rewards to NFT owners. Um, <clears throat> additionally, our project has an ERC-20 token, which is the Virtue token. And the Virtue token, if you stake the Virtue token, you'll receive your proportional share of 100% of the secondary sales commissions uh within the idols so already you see um relative to a typical typical project instead of taking mint funds taking secondary sales commissions we are actually reflecting back 100 percent of these funds to the community um via having via staking the mint proceeds and then directly passing the commissions through to our erc20 holders nice um, and then how much of the, you said that the, um, I, I might be mixing up your words here, but it was the, either the ERC-20 token or the NFT uh, earned royalties? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so, I, um, yeah, just, yeah, there's, uh, just for clarity, there's like a lot of moving parts, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there is a treasury. Um, the treasury okay. just holds a big bag of Lido stake teeth. The NFT owners own a hundred percent of the staking income generated from that treasury. And they are going to receive those staking income, that staking income stream in perpetuity. The commissions, which are generated off of secondary sales of the NFTs themselves, that commission stream belongs 100% to the ERC-20 stakers. Okay, interesting. Um, I, th I think, uh, sorry, am I coming in? Yeah, so um, I've been talking with the team for quite a while, and part of the reason I wanted to kind of uh, get their insight um, on our Alpha League is I think they have a pretty unique understanding of like nfts that um uh, from a DeFi perspective um because it, like uh neptune said a lot of these races end up being just um cash wraps uh, and then it, it's really up to the team to execute whereas with a lot of the you know token projects there are certain token metrics put in where um team have vesting and um you know cer certain events need to happen for uh, certain amounts of unlock and then uh, it's very transparent it's, it's like calculatable um 
uh, with you know how much volume it, uh, the platform is doing and and things like that. So you can kind of judge the platform success. Um, I think in this case of idols, like it's a simple concept for for its goal, right? It's it's like targeting um, these two point stakers and and putting this like guardians NFT around it, um, giving it an identity. But um, what I really like was was the fact that there's actually calculatable um, yield with the ETH put in. And um, whether you like ETH or not, I think this is a pretty replicatable model um, to give at least like a floor earning potential for NFTs. So you can do the same thing with like Curve Wars or Curve Guardians or like AVAX Guardians or whatever, right? Um, anything that has staking income. And then um, I could see this being kind of an extra layer on top of um, how projects could launch. Um, so in this way, like this yield here is no longer, you know, like in Wolf game where they have an inflationary token and then the NFTs earn the token, but um, the price goes down forever. Rather, it's it's like plugging that into existing DeFi platforms where um, the money collected is is actually generating yield um, that come from utility. I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so you can wrap this around any sort of platform, right? You can wrap it around Yearn, yeah. wrap it around like Uniswap trading fees, and um, so just that idea. I think I think it's pretty cool. No, no, no. Thank you, Bacon. That's that's exactly right. Um, I've been thinking very hard about that as well, because like, you know, personally, I'm a huge curve guy. Um, I'm like an OGVE curve staker. Um, and like, um, you know, just a, just another tidbit further on down the launch. And there's other, you know, other things we can get into, but we plan on hopefully joining the curve wars as well, um, just within our project. So, and we might participate in a way that is similar to what you alluded to bacon, which is creating a project around it. That, that would be cool. Cause it, it really like, instead of having a token now, you, you um, you not only have this treasury of, of stuff, but um, people have also put identity around it so that um, um, there are tons of cool ways you can do. Obviously, you can, in your case, there's the secondary um, treasury sales, uh, which projects could take you know, from that as, as income. But um, in this case, it's an extra layer to incentivize more people to join this kind of... Um, a, a DAO for income, right? As one entity in some DeFi protocol, um, I think that could have boosted effects than just um, running a staking pool. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think one of the reasons we really wanted to build an NFT project around this idea is that I think NFTs are very good at um, just organizing people, um, organizing people towards a common purpose. And um, I think it's like, you know, it's something that I personally didn't understand before I bought my own first NFT. Um, but I feel that people get really attached to their NFTs and they start really identifying with the art. Um, they get they they get really passionate about just the NFTs that they own. Um, and then I think it just kind of more so even just like there's a lot of non-financial, non-intrinsic alignments that comes with the NFT. So it's a great way to organize people around a common goal. Our common goal is to continuously build our idle treasury, continuously increase the amount of state ETH locked in the treasury forever, 
and um, continue to secure the Ethereum network. I um, think that, yeah, that identity part is, is like something we've um, talked about before with even some of the profile pictures. Um, it's like certain aspects uh, without any earning potential, um, the entity could be that uh, it, it looks similar to something you really like. I think it's happening a little bit with Azuki's, uh, with some of the Azuki styles resembling certain TV shows. So those, even though they're not rare, they, they still go for pretty high. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think those aspects are, are a little bit underexplored because um, people say, okay, it's art, it's 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 subjective and it's all speculation. But at the end of the day, if you can use this as sort of part of a platform and um, instead of giving just people tokens and let them hold, you give them NFTs and assign certain aspects that they really like, give them something they're proud of. And then uh, that would be a stronger hold. That would be like a stronger growth hacking type of utility for the NFTs. Um, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of vague, but I've I've had some conversations with people around this, and I think I think like Ohm did it pretty well with uh, the banners when they had early Omis and and they created banners for everyone. If those were NFTs, and you know you, you, your NFTs could have been rarer the earlier you were into Ohm, and uh, you know the higher the APY it was, the lower the index, then people will feel attached to those and. Um, if those wrap around kind of your own um, holdings, it would then directly translate the holding, the, the token, right, which helps the, the project. So um, ideas like that already exist. I, I think it, nobody really have done it too well yet. Um, but uh, I think it's one aspect of NFTs that could, that is good, not just speculation. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm totally in agreement with you, Bacon. Um, do you guys think it'd be a good time to go over the virtuous cycle um, just to fully understand how sure, everything yeah, works? Uh, I, I think um, some of the um, like earning aspects of how you tie an NFT with token is, is also worth going over. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'd love to tell you guys a little bit more about just the virtuous cycle, which is the core flywheel within the project. Um, and a lot of this is, I think, a little bit easier to understand if you're looking at an image. Um, so if you guys, you know, just I suppose in your own browsers, if you feel like it, the idols.io is our just our main website. Um, if you scroll down a little bit, there's a how it works chart. I'll mainly be kind of talking to and referring to this chart. Um, but the if you think about it, there are three, at, you know, on day one, there's three core, let's say, players within the idols ecosystem. You have the idol treasury, um, which once again is a fully immutable smart contract. And all that smart contract does is it pays Steeth rewards in perpetuity to idol NFT owners. Idle NFT owners, in turn, are paying a 7.5% commission to Virtue Stakers, which, once again, is just the ERC-20 token. Um, what ties them together is really how the Virtue token is acquired. So our project involves a bonding curve, 
And um, it's very similar to other bonding curves that you may have seen in other projects, for example, like Ohm. Uh, some core differences with our bonding curve is that the bonding curve, the price of the bonding curve is based on a, it's not based on some sort of external pricing oracle, but it's simply based on, um, it's simply, it's a function that is simply based on how much STETH exists in the idle treasury already. But in essence, people can at any time bond Lido STETH into the treasury. When you bond it into the treasury, that steeth is locked in the treasury forever. But by in return for depositing or you know letting go of your Lido stake ETH, you're getting in return a virtue token. So, <clears throat> um, and that's how our virtue token is going to enter circulation. So on day one, after we launch, no virtue token is in circulation. As steeth is bonded, virtue token enters circulation. When steeth is bonded into the idle treasury, um, what that does is it increases obviously the size of the treasury. And because the principal balance in the treasury is locked, um, the treasury is actually a monotonically increasing treasury. As in the principal balance can't go down, it can only stay constant or go up. But the principal balance in that treasury will continuously pay steeth rewards to idle NFT owners. So when bonding happens, that means that idle NFTs are earning more rewards in perpetuity, which means that their value should go up. Now, when idle NFTs, when the value of those NFTs go up, consequentially, the 7.5% commission stream that is being paid to virtue stakers, that commission stream is now worth more because obviously you're charging the commission on something that's worth more, which means that Bonding Steeth increases the value of idle NFTs, and it also increases the staking APY for virtue stakers. This increased staking APY for virtue stakers should drive more demand for the virtue token and cause more people to bond Steeth into the treasury again to acquire that virtue token. Um, and then that's the, vir that's the virtuous cycle. It's, it's a, you know, it's a self-fulfilling flywheel that continuously bonds should, um, it'll continuously um, say incentivize people to bond Steeth into the idle treasury, uh, increasing the value of the whole system, and then increasing the amount of, you know, the amount of staking income that is being generated. Are there any questions on kind of just that, just the, that general flywheel? Uh, I'm, I'm personally, I, I, to be honest, like I, if I did the project, I would, um, structure it around higher yield products, but it is pretty much this, this flywheel effect, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that is, is I think the most innovative, um, I can, I can speak to that a little bit too, actually. Um, because the thing, the thing about, um, you know, obviously we understand that Lido staking, which is currently it's probably around close to 5%, is not necessarily the most, um, not necessarily the current best yield farming opportunity for ETH. Um, but uh, one of the core things that we really wanted to focus on and just is core to our identity is the immutable aspect of the project. Um, you know, the core contracts are actually fully immutable, non-upgradable. 
Um, they have no core dependencies on the founding team to operate any of the contracts. So once we deploy, the system is fully self-operational. And, you know, so given how just given just how nothing in the project can be changed or updated, we needed to be confident that whatever that capital was being put towards was going to be one long-term sustainable yielding opportunity. And at the same time, you know, just would never need any sort of, the treasury has to be deployed into something that we know for a fact we will never need to touch. Um, and, you know, based on, just based on a lot of my, just based on our research, we felt that Lido State ETH was the best option for this. Um, and in addition, it goes along, it goes more along with our identity as a project. Um, you know, like as an NFT project, we want to find people that are Web3 forward, who love the idea of Ethereum, want to be here supporting the Ethereum network. And, you know, by participating in our ecosystem, you're actually, there is like, say, real world work being done and staking and supporting the network. And, um, you know, it's not just a decentralized hedge fund at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think that aspect is, is like also ties into what we said earlier, like this, this project's like branding, I, I think for, for products to have a strong branding around kind of an ecosystem, ideally around the, the, the ways that ecosystem execute is, is also good. Like, so like if you're ETH focused and then you probably want to go for like lower risk and more permanent solutions uh, versus like some, some of the other chains that you'll probably want to go for more cross chain. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that does make sense. Um, so maybe this is a good time to um, share some of our alpha as well. Uh, so we've been exploring quite a bit of NFTs and I think um, with your experience Neptune, um, I think Luke might have some some thoughts on like what we uh, what we're currently looking at. Maybe um, similar aspects of um, kind of the NFT slash your learning um, projects that could yeah, be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we kind of just want to take these calls to like face the retail side, in introduce you guys, but then also kind of um, get your ideas on on how they can participate, whether in your project or similar. Mm -hmm. And like, what Absolutely. are the good signs for projects? Uh, so, sorry, Luke, it, do, uh, do have, yeah, do I have what? Uh, was there any anything you wanted to specifically talk about today? Um, I I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, EVMOS. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the most interesting news that we haven't covered here recently. Um, I don't really, I haven't really seen too many interesting narratives or trends other than like stuff that I'm not really too interested in right now, like NFTs and whatnot, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. So EVMOS is uh, kind of previous Ethermint. Um, it's the EVM layer on IBC, on Cosmos. Um, well, so what's the news they're, they're going to release in or, uh, yeah, I think I, I keep hearing different dates, but I think, uh, it's the 28th, uh, February 28th is like okay. their launch or their claim. Um, yeah. So 
I kind of thought it would be interesting to talk about. Uh, I think it's pretty like the the Cosmos ecosystem has been pretty hot here recently. Um, and yeah, I think this is w one of their bigger catalysts that everybody was going to jump in on. But uh, I think it's pretty uh, saturated play. Is the, the um, is their platform like super ready? Like you can you can connect MetaMask to it. Is there a testnet already, and you can deploy Solidity stuff? Uh, you know, I don't know the exact specifics around it. Okay. Uh, I just had it up a minute ago, and I just lost it. So, um, yeah, I I know that they were coming around. Uh, the, uh, not I shouldn't say no, but I, I've seen a bunch of people mention that the twenty eighth is the their claim day. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know as far as like how, when the network goes live, uh, yeah, sorry, this was, okay. No <laughs> yeah. So the, there's end. been a couple, um, Cosmos airdrops. Like I think shade is also going live this month, uh, with the airdrop at least. Um, yeah, it's not really related to the East world, but, um, Seems like the catalyst is starting to pour in for Cosmos, so so that's good. Um, Neptune, do do you, do you dabble with like other mm -hmm. other chains like EVM or not? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I think you cut out a little bit. Do you do you um do you dabble with other chains like um, EVM or not? Maybe Cosmos. No, I mean I so well. <laughs> personally, uh, I've spent a good amount of time in the Soul ecosystem. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, like um, I think if you guys have you guys checked out Neon before, by the way, I think we did. We like talked to the team yeah. actually. Uh, oh, nice. This is while back. Um, yeah, I don't know that they're these EVM layers. They kind of have all different executions. It, it seemed like Neon was very closely related to Solana Labs. Um, versus like you know with with Moonbeam and Moon River, it was kind of very standalone EVM network. Um, I don't know how EVM OS will, will act. Um, yeah. Is yeah, Neon even I, live, by the way? I don't, I don't think they are yet, right? Yeah, I'm not positive either. Um, <laughs> I think the interesting thing about these other, I think about these other, say, um, chains is that like, I always find it a little bit strange that they that they want to build certain like tools um, specifically to make their chain EVM compatible. Um, I think it's like you know the. I guess it's like my my thoughts ultimately on this kind of stuff is like you know ultimately they the they I feel like other chains have to find their own you know just find their own core competency, and like. I think making I think doing making your chain more EVM compatible or more EVM compatible tools kind of allows it's it helps you in the short term I believe because obviously it helps other projects and ETH devs kind of onboard onto your onto your ecosystem easier but it's probably not the correct solution in the long run um, that's those are kind of my high level thoughts on this kind of on these types of I suppose projects um, not to say that they're not they don't have potential. But I just wonder, kind of, in the very long term, it's like, you know, if you are if you're somebody who is an ETH developer, would you continue to be building, for example, on Neon on Solana, or would you just build on ETH? 
I I don't know. I think the EVM stack is is definitely going to stick around for a very long time. Um, I I kind of know what you're saying there. It's like the you have the safe play of just sticking with ETH versus the speculative like neon play. Uh, building on neon, right, Neptune? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely like short-term alpha, both from retail side and the uh, project side, chain side. Is It's usually the low-hanging fruit. They do some sort of EVM layer on top, get the whole ecosystem to start building there, um, get a Uniswap fork, support a team. But long-term, um, I don't know either. Uh, I don't think EVM stack will die. I, is it the NLBL for all use cases? Probably not. Um, but how big of a, how many use cases will be EVM? Um, I'm leaning on the majority side. I think like 80, 90% of the stuff should be EVM. Um, but could be wrong. I, I don't know. I, just like, cause I'm very familiar with the EVM stack and, um, it has such a way bigger network effect, not just actual network user, but devs and people familiar with MetaMask, um, there's pretty much nothing to compare. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, yeah, apologies, guys. I think you might have brought, like, uh, somewhat of an ETH maxi into this conversation. So, <laughs> um, but, like, I think, like, what I'll say is that, like, um, I think I think a lot of, I think other chains, like Solana, for example, it's, there's very it's the way that Solana is built, um, and and please don't quote me because I'm definitely not an expert on just how that how everything works from a technical perspective. Um, but it does enable a lot of interesting things that you never would see on ETH layer one, at least. You know, for example, like they have an on-chain order book. I think they're probably the only chain that has a successful liquid on-chain order book, um, and that's something that's really only possible because of just how just how their tech stack works. Um, the EVM, like while it's, while the base layer is somewhat limited, um, I do see, you know, at, at least for me, like in terms of like when I think about the future, I do think that like layer twos on Ethereum are going to, you know, cause they're, especially if they're natively EVM compatible and then they inherit the underlying security of Ethereum, um, they're gonna, those are kind of where I see the majority of that's where I see the majority of new activity flowing flowing towards once you know once those ecosystems are mature. Uh, yeah, I I mean I kind of have to agree to be honest. Um, yeah, ETH Maxi. Not really ETH Maxi, but I guess tech stack Maxi. I don't think the perfect tech stack will just appear and then everyone thinks this is the best. Like, there will always be the newer ones will be learned from the older ones, but they'll have worse network effect but at some point. You know, enough is enough. You don't want to invent new things. Um, I think EVM is pretty, pretty much at that stage. Um, yeah. Uh, I, what else we got? I think I've seen a, a 
uh, I've been kind of diving a little bit into the, the dot ecosystem, so I'm a little bit uh, red pilled here. But I think the I've, I've seen kind of some interesting plays out of the dot ecosystem, uh, or like KSM dot ecosystem, uh, like. A star recently just announced a uh, hundred million dollar booster program. So A star is the oh no, A star is the the polka dot uh, Shiden network. So that's the um, Wasm and Solidity uh, chain, uh, kind of like the competitor to Mover and Moon River and Glimmer. Uh, so we kind of see some programs getting rolled out over there and then kind of building on that like moon river and glimmer still haven't released their ecosystem funds yet um so i i'm still kind of uh i i still kind of think the dot ecosystem has better days to come um and then on the on the 20th there's going to be a glimmer unlock from um, I think it was one of the parachain like deals that they had. Uh, so we're gonna have a bit oh, of the, 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 the take flight for the yes, early the take, community. The, yes, the take flight okay. program pro, program is the twentieth. Yeah. So there should be an unlock. So if you do want to uh, buy the dip, I guess that would be a good time for glimmer. Um. And then, yeah, I, an interesting find in the, the Polkadot community that I've found so far. I still have to kind of dig a little bit deeper, but um, it's the, the Telesman wallet. Like, I think the wallet is the main... Uh, is the main problem in, in the Cosmos... Uh, not the Cosmos, the, the Dot ecosystem is kind of moving transporting what is it teleporting funds between different chains and parachains i think is uh still kind of uh, it's still really primitive uh and i think like I, this is kind of something that we've talked about a little bit is this elusive dot wallet and so far uh talisman is probably the closest thing i've found to this uh, whether or not there's a solution or not, uh, I don't know. But so far, I, I've seen quite a bit of growth in the dot ecosystem, and I I kind of want to keep exploring there uh, personally. Is this wallet like a extension? Yes, is it's an extension. They have limited, uh, like, like I, they're kind of doing NFT. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it for their beta. So like you can go into their yep. discord and like, you know, be a community, just ask a couple questions and then they'll give you uh, a spirit key is what, what it's called. And then you can yep. access their wallet like that. I think you can also buy it for about a hundred bucks, but I don't know huh. where. Okay. So, um, how's the experience? Is it like, um, do you still need to connect to like a, Polkadot.js web app, or um, does it like show your balance and, and everything? You know, I <laughs> I still haven't been given a, a key. Okay. Yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I get what you mean, though. Like we've um we, we've done some 
like early on some of the stuff on Polkadot, um it has always been a pain even just to do basic stuff like if some project is launching on Polkadot and you want to send them some funds it's it's so different from every other stack yeah you have to go to like to kasama scan or it's whatever pretty crazy yeah. yeah um and especially like when i did the rmrk sale um what that's if you want to do some actual transactions like sometimes you need to um get this like identity approval um so that your wallet is like verified with your twitter or something and that was that was nuts and uh, like major yeah, hurdle i kind of i don't think that was a requirement though i thought that was kind of more of a vanity. they took that out so they they had that early um but nobody was able to do it like i followed okay. the tutorial and i i wasn't even sure if i did it right um and then they huh. took that out and i i don't know why like the experience is is so weird on Polkadot, but it always has been like um it's as if you're assumed to be a super user and you just see all yeah. the stuff and you don't want to do it yeah so uh from my understanding they they are making improvements there uh on top of this and um yeah like they're, they're gonna be support they're gonna support uh, i forget what it's called it's uh, i sent it in one of these chats it's like xmp or something like that and it's essentially yeah, you can make uh, is it XCM? Is, is, but you can make uh, multiple transactions in one like transaction, I guess, so, like across multiple chains. So like you can like send your funds over to like Statemine or like Canary. Uh, I'm not Canary, or um, you know, just one of the pair chains. Make a couple transactions over there and send it to another chain, like all in one transaction. So. Um, yeah, I don't know what that's called off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know if it's a technical problem or not, but if you look at similar structure on, on Cosmos, like Capsular Wallet is so much better. Um, yeah. It's, right. It's, it's even when you have to go to the same, like Cosmos station, or whatever, and choose your chain, it's, it's way more familiar, similar to MetaMask. Um, I don't know who designed the Polkadot wallets. It's a pretty poor decision, in my opinion. I think um, that's kind of where they're 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 trying to lean a little bit more to the Kepler wallet, from what I can tell. But I think they're definitely trying to make their own uh, innovations for the Polkadot space. That'd be nice. Yeah. I think it's still early for for both of these ecosystems. They're fundamentally like pretty similar in terms of how they want to tackle it. Um, some differences around the security aspect, shared security versus like um, uh, what Polkadot does, and then um, but yeah, like both of them are still early. I think I think um, ah yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I pretty heard, much like, there was cross chain. I think is a good bet. Uh, yeah. So cross chain part Cosmos is probably a little bit more ahead. Um, like because uh, Polkadot within itself it, it works well, right? But when you go somewhere else, you kind of 
need to go through like a targeted bridge, a specific one, like one to one, one to one with other chains. Versus like on Cosmos, you just have IBC and and the idea since early beginning is some event chains will be IBC and you can have many to many. Um, so. Yeah, in that sense, I, I do think Cosmos is a bit ahead, um, for thinking maybe. All right, so what you were saying there a second ago is like there's no trustless bridges out of the Polkadot There, there is, right? But that's not like the kind of multi-chain interoperable within Polkadot is the the super easy way is like the its own pair of chains. But when you go from you know, any Polkadot parachain to ETH, you have one dedicated bridge, pretty much. And then you can have a couple more that's niche. But, you know, it's not a, by design, the same bridging technology between Astar and Moonbeam can be used for Astar and ETH, right? That's not the design. Um, but on Cosmos, is kind of intended with IPC. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. You might be, you might be cutting out. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, there was just some noise. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, so, so there's that. Um, uh, there was a little bit of news I saw yesterday with Binance. Um, Binance has a. They're like reworking the main Binance chain, the BNB chain, and. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, yeah, you were kind of, um, I, I saw someone alluding to, I'm not sure if it was you, uh, alluding to that they're moving away from the EVM model and more going, or going towards like the Tendermint model. Uh, yeah, so the main BNB chain is IBC, right? And, um, they're kind of now doing like the BNB chain as the consensus layer and then you have the BSC currently uh, which sits on top is a EVM uh, kind of execution mm -hmm. uh, but they said though like they're they they really use this word like metafy a lot I don't know how even to interpret that <laughs> but they said like <laughs> it'll, it'll be metaverse it'll be gaming it'll be DeFi all together and this enables it. And I don't know where they're going with it. Um, I don't know how it will be different. Like, maybe they'll have more chains that sit on top of the BNB chain. So BSC and then B something C. Um, maybe that's what they're doing. But if they don't do that, I don't know what, what's going on. But it, it seemed like a big announcement. So I'm sure there are some, some plans to expand. Almost kind of like the Celestia modular model. Uh, uh, that's yeah, it's, it's kind of a trend that's that's happening. Um, yeah, clearly. <laughs> Celestia is still very different from from all these guys, though. I think, um, but uh, yeah, because on Celestia you don't you don't even have the BNB chain transactions, right? BNB. Like the main BNB chain now probably can send and receive BNB and has staking. Celestia, 
I don't think you you didn't have those. Like, um, yeah. So it's it's like way leaner the the main layer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I just have to like dig deep into Celestia. Overall, Deeper. it's it's all going cross chain, uh, multi chain at least, and it's that's a direction I'm pretty excited about. Um, yeah, it's, it's just so much happening to be honest. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, nothing really on my end. Nothing that okay. stands out, anyways. Yeah. So this like. Um, I wanted to like touch a little bit on like the NFT aspect again, because uh, um, this is now like kind of technically the second wave of the profile picture hype, right? And it's seemed to slowing down a little bit. Some of the NFT like anime waifu NFTs kind of gone down, but um, there's. Uh, I, I saw people like starting to chart NFT price, um, like they're doing TA, and um, just wondering like how if you guys have any thoughts on like how you value NFTs. If there's any like um, based on earning rates, uh, I think the uh, back to the idols NFT. I think that's one part that's cool because. Uh, Maybe if you have a set floor price, but then more staked ETH goes into the treasury, then all of a sudden your your earnings doubles, or maybe price should go up because your your PE ratio has gone down, um, stuff like that. I, I think it's it's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, curious of your you guys' thoughts, or do you compare market caps, or um, yeah, like volume. Because there's clearly a lot of speculation happening. I I see some people like trying to trade that. I don't know how what numbers they're looking at. You are asking Neptune, right? (laughs) Oh, just like I don't know whoever is actually able to make money with NFTs. Uh, Yeah, then then you're asking Neptune. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. To be completely honest, like um. You know, you know, part you know, as I mentioned before, like part of why we created the idols was to address some of these concerns that people have been talking about. Um, I, I think it's like just a little bit about my background. I used to be just a pure value investor guy, like most boring guy you've ever met. Um, you can you can ask uh, my team members. I used to used to actually trade REITs, and I only used to buy REITs that were trading at below book value. <laughs> um and then you know the thing about nfts and like how i guess it's interesting in that like it i think it's it's probably one of those things that's kind of like dogecoin like you can't really i don't think anyone really knows how to properly value dogecoin from like a metrics or like just some sort of valuation perspective um you know a lot of it is built on hype um but like, you know, there's off, but there are projects out there that are trying to do interesting things. Um, but in terms of like, just like trying to assign value to that, I think it's like, I, like, I'm, I'm sure that there are things that you can look at, like, um, for example, like trends, trading volumes, um, 
things like um i think like i've seen some sheets of people have put together that kind of you know they try to track some more of the qualitative aspects of like what teams are trying to do and then um just putting those qualitative aspects into some kind of spreadsheet and then you can like very very roughly try to draw some sort of assumptions or trends from that um i would imagine that you know a lot of the pure nft traders are doing things like that i do imagine that the majority of say profit like profitable traders comes from simply you know hunting whitelists and then minting nfts at a discount and try to flip them like as soon as possible that's 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 just my sort of uh you know hypothesis on what's what most successful traders are doing <laughs> That's the second part. I mean, I can I can understand, but um, there maybe it's just people that um, I, when it comes to, when it becomes like larger enough trades that you have to have a kind of a strategy going in. Maybe none of the people are actually um, profitable. It's always a toss up, and then the people doing that is just rich, and they want to you know, something to tweet about that, that could be the case. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I think people that were early to Azuki's, like, I, I don't know what they, what they saw. Um, yeah. So, still trying to learn. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't tell you if I, if I wanted to, um, but it seems like, lot of people are making a lot of money um just not me though yeah i i think the only thing that i can identify in a nft community is like the if the community isn't unique in some way like i can see how it, it lasts so i kind of I, I don't even want to say i took a bet on on like sappy seals but sappy seals is one of those nft communities where they're always really active and they they uh they have a few strong community members where they always post out memes and they're always uh on twitter and they kind of seem like an easy bet for me easy on uh, early on and even like i kind of like the art so i kind of just popped for it and it was just whatever but uh i think we even see that like with we especially sit with like board ap yacht clubs or like who's the community that are buying it like um, like kind of early on, like we saw, uh, like the the demographics that were interested in like board ape yacht clubs were kind of demographics that were not crypto native, and they were more uh, uh, like it, more trendy people. I would I I want to say, and I think that's kind of led to board ape yacht clubs like having uh. A, a ton of different people acquiring them uh, everything from like rappers to football players where like we don't see the same uh we don't see that same sentiment with like crypto punks because there's too like crypto native so like if you kind of uh in in my opinion anyways like i, I think you can really see uh how some of these NFT communities are going to pan out in the long run just based on their community. And like like what we saw with like crypt uh like Mechaverse and a lot of these overhyped projects, like a lot of those people are there just to catch the profits and we don't see the the longevity in the community. Uh 
Um, so yeah, I think from a very uninformed opinion, that's that's what I see. Yeah, you know, definitely board apes. Apes are a super unique, I think, project just within the NFT space. And um, I think, you know, everybody's trying to become the next board ape. Um, it's like, you know, I think board apes are kind of a good example of just something, a pro an NFT project that has kind of like crossed that threshold or crossed that inflection point of being, being a Veblen good um, in the sense that like, you know, the, the demand for it comes simply from the fact that it is expensive and it has done well. And like, you know, it's very similar to kind of like, and it's like, and NFTs like honestly didn't invent this concept in my opinion. Like if you think about like an Hermes bag, the concept of like an Hermes bag is really, really similar to an expensive NFT. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure the quality of the leather and the quality of the craftsmanship is fantastic, but candidly, probably not really worth say $300,000 for a bag. Um, but it, it's gotten to this point within pop culture and then just everything is kind of the, the price, like ultimately like it justifies itself in a way. And like, I think every, most NFT projects are trying to get to this, get to this sort of like, you know, takeoff point. Yeah. So and... just like how, yeah, we'll probably never make money flipping our respects. We probably should stick to uh value NFTs that have a RFV. <laughs> the only uh, NFTs so will make money you. on our idol. It's a different approach. It's a different <laughs> approach. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to mention? Um, so, what do you guys think about the market right now? <laughs> I think it's like a pretty, <laughs> also a pretty crucial point. Um, I think a lot of the stuff we talk about is like also because of macro and like, is it priced in? Um, is the war actually going to happen? Um, are the rate hikes priced in? I think, like, if you can say yes or no accurately for that, like, you don't need to do anything for this year. Uh, so, what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Or are you just, like, playing about the year and, like, treating it all as noise and react? Uh, for me, the latter. Um, I, I maybe want to get Neptune's thoughts on this rather than just, you know, echo chamber every two, two times a week. But, um... I think this is maybe a little bit of a scam pump. I really want to be bullish here. Um, but like we don't have a higher high yet. Uh, we do have the higher low from uh, the end of January. Uh, so hopefully that is the, the higher low that we've been looking for. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if the, the rate hikes are completely priced in yet. Uh, and I think a good point on this was uh, that I read was uh, the the inflation is so high that the the increase in the the funding might be and in, in the rate hikes might be higher than what people are anticipating currently. So I don't want to I don't want to just be blindly bullish into March and then uh, get screwed by a catalyst I don't completely understand and I'm going to be sleeping for. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey. That, that's me. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry guys. I can't, uh, I definitely am not going to pretend to be any sort of macro expert or anything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think from my philosophy, it's much more like I'm just, I, 
I'm just very bullish on crypto in general. Um, I think that like, you know, I think one of the interesting things about crypto and like, you know, Ethereum and all this stuff and, you know, lots of people that put out very good, um, just very good analyses, uh, like kind of, you know, DCF type analyses on Ethereum itself. And I think relative to things in traditional markets, I think you'll see that Ethereum is really cheap um, from a PE ratio perspective, like PE versus growth ratio perspective, everything about it is cheap. Um, I, you know, I'm very happy to just hold my bags long term and um, just continue watching this thesis play out. And like, you know, I think a lot of the, at least personally for me, it 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 does end up being kind of noise. Um, I think that crypto markets in general are very tied to equities right now, mainly because. Uh, you know, funds and such and all the big money still treats crypto in the same bucket as they do their equities, as in like, you know, that's their risk bucket. But I think as people get, you know, as more gets more is developed in the ecosystem and like people like outsiders are more educated on crypto, I do think they're going to eventually treat it as its own asset class. And it's just like, um, you know, the let's say the beta to the equities market is going to reduce over time. That's those are kind of my very high level thoughts, but uh, <laughs> not a trader by any means. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not much of a macro expert either. <laughs> I just played level to level, so. I like, I like that um, that note to to end it off because um, like if we don't really have the information to give anyone an edge, not even ourselves, then best to just. Um, you know, say that we are in crypto, we believe in this space. And, and uh, if you do my law enough, typically it works out well. And um, hopefully that is, I think that is alpha, like, good to have a group to to kind of talk about these things and talk about how it has happened so many times. And like, to think that this time is different, and we're all, you know, gonna go down forever. That's like, statistically speaking, not that not, not that accurate, right? So, um, best to stay calm when we don't know what's going on and and just uh help each other out so i i think that's a that that is somewhat alpha so like yeah well said to talk to people yeah you make more money longing in crypto than you do shorting pretty much like otherwise why would we we be be in this space and like building stuff on top of yeast (laughs) what's the point if we think it's gonna die right yeah exactly Um, yeah so stay calm and things hopefully will be good if if we lose we lose together (laughs) (laughs) we'll panhandle together guys yeah uh neptune do you want to send us off with anything Oh, um, no, you know, like, um, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, you know, we'd love to see you guys just in our discord, um, follow us on Twitter. Like I mentioned, we're launching on March 5th. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Awesome. Great. Thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure having you. Yeah. Thanks uh, everyone. Um, we'll have to notice on this, uh, Really yeah, in a, in a day or two. And we should yeah. be having another call here Thursday, right, Bacon? Yep. Okay, yep, sweet. Yep. Thursday, same time, I think. So uh, see you guys then. Yep. Yeah, thanks for everybody for joining.